Welcome to the Mentality Podcast, episode 20. Today, we have got Tom Geeson-Brown joining me and Chris O'Connor and Dom behind the mics and the video equipment. We've got two vegans there, Dom and Chris. Um, Tom is a fellow meat eater with me. I wanted to bring Tom in as a nutritionist on his knowledge, his wealth of knowledge. is the head nutritionist at Leeds Rhinos and he's also studying a PhD in nutrition at Leeds Beckett. So I thought it would be a really useful chat just to give a bit of an insight to people for how a diet differs if you are an elite athlete, um, mostly a rugby league athlete, how does that differ to the everyday person? What tips he would have for people becoming vegan? Um, we've got Chris O'Connor, we've got Dom Smith who are vegan. So I was expecting some sort of debate or some sort of argument, but we've got quite balanced answers from Tom and he has some good tips and, and useful advice for people that want to recover better. Stuff that I've been using for my knee injury currently. We take you through some of that stuff that I've been using as supplements. We take you through some stuff that's good for sleep. Before we jump into it, I want to give MSC Nutrition a shout. They align with our values. They are supportive of mental health and that side of things, not just the nutrition and supplement side of things, but the great people there at MSC Nutrition. They sponsor Leeds Rhinos and they sponsor England football and a whole lot of other teams. So they are the elite guys for nutrition. If any of you guys are going to the gym, give them a shout. They do give us a discount as well for the Mentality Club members. Um, 30% discount on any of their products so have a look at the Mentality Club too you can find information on that on mentalitymagazine.com forward slash supporters and I also want to give a shout out to UK Red Security they do cameras, they do alarms they do security systems they do electric gates and they don't just do residential houses but they do commercial properties too they are broadening their horizons from Europe across the world now as well. So a good go-to to have in mind for security systems. And before we jump in, I want to give Pure Spot CBD a shout as we're trying that out too. And um, they will give you 10% discount if you use my code Ward Recovery when checking out online. I suppose that is on the same vein of what we talk about with Tom in the podcast, nutrition, how to navigate the world better by getting your diet right. What does Tom think about the word diet? We will see. Enjoy. Welcome to the Mentality Podcast. We have got Tom Geeson-Brown in today and he's going to tell us all about nutrition. It's kind of new beginnings with Mentality. We're using Wheatwood Hall Hotel setting up a bit of a studio to to smash out some podcasts and we've got Chris O'Connor here as well today and as I've mentioned Tom Geeson Brown the nutritionist at Leeds Rhinos and you're studying a PhD Tom that's right that's right is it Leeds Beckett yep spot on Leeds Beckett so we want to get to grips with how we can help everyone out really with their nutrition and and I guess for the for on terms of an athlete as well how different it is for a rugby player to to use nutrition uh, what supplements they might use and cover a lot of bases um so good to have you on tom mm. thank you very much yeah pleased to be here it's exciting it's exciting exciting and um we also do have an extreme <laughs> extreme version of a um that is extreme it, well it's not that too extreme anymore is it but chris is a vegan um 
So we could bring that, Chris and Dom are vegans, so we could bring that into it. Um, it could come like out to, to hear yeah, your points on that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm going to let you have the first question, Chris. And yeah, but for me, I, I get obs- obsessed with uh, the nutritional podcast and Joe Rogan, and I always used to listen to them. One of the things I always noticed is that you hear one person and then think, oh, okay, this is the way to do it. And then the next person is saying paleo and someone's saying, oh, no, mm. I Mm. So there's, there's so much confusion and even I try and ignore what the papers say, but you'll see one headline saying, oh, eat this and another headline saying, oh, that's bad for you. And mm. it seems to be such a confusing world for me to kind of get my head around. Is it, is it the same for you or did you often see stuff that really frustrates you when you see the headlines and, or is it kind of, it's just, there's no one size fits all, which I know there isn't, but is there, mm. you know, it's different for everyone, but I'm sure there's kind of some general points. Which, yeah, common ground. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, definitely. No, I've only, I've only in truth really just started getting into podcasts. I know Joe Rogan's big on it. I know he yeah, talks about yeah. a lot of nutrition on there and we've mm. had conversations with it and stuff like that. And I haven't worked through his backlog of catalog of podcasts. I think about three or four hours long, aren't they? So yeah, the big ones, yeah. But you're absolutely spot on. There's a lot of content with nutrition out there. Uh, and it can be very, very difficult at times to understand what to trust and what not to trust. Mm. And the problem is a lot of people are normally trying to sell you products, yeah, which can always be a bit of an issue. Um, people try and glam up different things and people can be very de- uh, decisive in what they do. Uh, and I may not be the best podcast guest for this because I don't tend to sit massively in one court as opposed to another. So people have to be uh, vegan or carnivore or paleo or high carb, yeah. high fat, whatever it might be. Yeah, and it's yeah. almost like becomes a, a tribe like mentality, oh, which is quite it's crazy online. common with social media and politics and things like that at the moment. Yeah, so yeah. people that go completely one way and just ignore any evidence or balanced argument from the other side, although you don't ignore them, of course not, but you try to take things they say with a pinch of salt. Yeah, that's how yeah. I always look at things. And, and the people who I really respect and you know, will follow on social media and read their papers and journals of the people that have really good balanced arguments. And it won't be a case of this is the only way. It says, look, we've done this. We think this is going to be really good, but this might work for other people. And I think nutrition is so individualized in how yeah. you go about things. It's what's finding right for you a lot of the time. And it's worth saying that my decision to go vegan was number one ethical. So mm-hmm. it wasn't for health reasons where I was saying, I ate quite healthy anyway. It wasn't to, to put that forward as this is the way to do it. But I've noticed a lot of people tell me that it's definitely not the way to do it. And they seem to be experts on mm. people talking about the carnivore diet quite a lot now, which I just think on the yeah. surface looks definitely wrong. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> wrong like, too. Surely sure, that yeah. is not the right one. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But like I said, it is so polarised. Oh, completely. Absolutely. And um, and people get very passionate about it as well. And it's, mm. and like I said, it does get that tribe mentality. And, and, be, and being vegan is very different, actually. And you've got to touch upon it there. A lot of people will pick different diets for other reasons, whether it be body composition or weight focused or in, in your case, maybe performance focused. Mm, mm. Vegan, being vegan kind of, because of the ethics behind it, sometimes kind of is above that a little bit. Because if you've got issues with the environment and your footprint and animal welfare, mm. it, it goes into like a different realm as opposed yeah, to definitely. just, oh, I want to eat this because this makes me look best. Or I, I reversed my type 2 diabetes by doing this, or I've lost weight and I'm now at a healthy weight. Mm. Whereas... If you're eating because of the environmental footprint or animal welfare, it completely shifts above and beyond just your nutritional intake. Yeah, definitely. And like, that's not me saying I don't want to still be healthy. And I mm. still think you can be healthy in a vegan diet. Yeah. Um, so it'd be mm. great to see what kind of tips, because obviously you've, you've mm. worked with Malali before as well, yeah. and he's a yeah. good mate of mine and Dom's. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, are there particular tips you would say that I need to be really kind of careful of? Because I've done quite a lot of research, but it's always great to hear from someone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mole's a, a big advocate of the 
of the vegan diet, as I'm sure everyone's aware. Um, he, he doesn't talk about it much, does he, Mark? Mole, yeah, <laughs> he keeps it quiet. <laughs> I don't mind Mole, though. I think yeah, he's good yeah. funny. He's, oh, good, no, he's, he's good to yeah, talk yeah. to because he's not... He'll talk to me about it and we can have good conversations yeah, about yeah. it. And when I talk yeah. to him about things, I feel like he takes it on board. It's not kind of like I'm just talking to a wall. You yeah, know, yeah. Of, yeah. I agree with what you say there. But no, I mean, he's one of the reasons I went, so shout out to Mole. But yeah, yeah. yeah, well done, Mole. Um, so when you become vegan, a vegan, if you if you take away the ethical reasons behind it and the uh, an animal welfare... Yeah, yeah. A vegan diet is the same as any other diet. You're restricting a food group typically yeah. or a number of food groups. So in this case, you're restricting animal or dairy products or whatever it might be. So when you very first go vegan, I'd be intrigued to know what you guys thought when you first did this and jump in if, if this sounds familiar. Normally when you do it, you're restricting your intake because you're taking out a food group. So if you've taken meat off your plate or mm. whatever it might be, you've taken a portion of energy off your plate. So typically over the course of a week, if you're eating less and you're expending the same as what you are, you tend to see a bit of weight loss in the mm. first week or two. Uh, as you're going through it, not because of vegans being vegans amazing and it ultimately means weight loss. It just means that you've eaten less. And that's the same with any other diet that you do. If you're eating mm. less than you're expending, you're going to lose weight. It's nice and simple like that. You can also find because of that, because you've got less energy going in from uh, meat sources, you tend to sometimes find that you're a bit, little bit lethargic, a little bit fatigued, and you can get tired a bit later on in the day a lot easier. Just again, you've just reduced your energy intake a little bit. And that normally sort of plateaus out after about two weeks or so and you find that your energy levels start to pick up again unless you've consciously thought I need to eat more mm. because you focus your meals around plant-based foods um, as opposed to sort of typical Western meat-based meals. So as a result of that, plants being less energy dense than meat, you tend to eat similar portion sizes or you think you do, but they've got less energy in. And as a result, you tend to feel a little bit more fatigued, a little bit more tired. And that will normally sort of sorts itself out after a few weeks. I don't know how similar that felt with you. Yeah, there's some things there which definitely resonate and I think there's a danger. You see some vegan vloggers and they come on and tell you how it's all amazing and all these things reverse mm. and all these health conditions. And I think it's very important to be honest. Like when I went vegan, there were a few things I did notice we were a bit tougher. Um, these boys will tell you I eat a lot. Like yeah. I've got quite a big appetite. You would not believe how yeah. much he eats. I, I but think, I really struggled to put weight I on think it's, it's hard for me to admit that someone else can sit down at a table and eat maybe more than me. I have to, I have to like compete to... to <laughs> And that's yeah. I am very active. I never told like, you that before, have I? But yeah, no, he's not camping. <laughs> <He's not laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, and he, he's active, and um, he's obviously got a very good metabolism. But um, you can eat, you can eat, boy. And I, but I noticed shifting to vegan. One thing I noticed is probably some more gut issues, issues with bloating and gut. Maybe it's a much higher amount of fiber I'm having, mm. or things like that. And um, it did take a while to kind of. I guess my body to adapt because I ate a lot of meat. I, yeah. I kind of was paleo mm. for quite a bit. Yeah. Right. So that's like a real shift from one mm. to the other. Yeah. Um, and I tried to always watch carbs and now I eat far more carbs, but I try mm. to do whole carbs. So like mm. sweet potatoes, brown rice, things yeah. like that. Yeah, spot um, on. yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely noticed it took a while for energy to come back a bit. Um, maybe some more gut issues. But as I said, I was, because I'd chosen it for ethical reasons, I was happy mm. to. Yeah, absolutely. And now I feel pretty healthy and I perform well when I do exercise. Yeah, and absolutely. Because so. you're shifting habits, aren't you? You're shifting, you're always basing your meals around meat. So the first time I did it for a few weeks was yeah, yeah. Uh, when I first started working in Mull. And I'm always playing around my diet, trying different mm. random things. Yeah, Even if yeah. it's complete bro science kind of diet, I'm like, sod it, we'll give it a go. Because yeah, sometimes yeah. working in a, in a team environment, lads will see things, see things on social media and they say, oh, sod it, I'm going to do this. Like yeah, the yeah. soup diet or five two diet. <laughs> I don't know, like yeah. stupid things. <laughs> And I'll always try them. I think, right, I'll try them. So then at least I've got something to draw upon by saying, look, 
might not be the best idea for X, Y, and Z, whatever it might be. And it's not just me regurgitating research and science. It's me going, actually, I've tried it and it's mm. pretty lousy. Mm. Um, so I did vegan for a couple of weeks just to try it, just so it was partly because of Mole and a few other lads. I thought, right, let's give it a go and see what it is. And I found food shopping really hard. First yeah. time I went food shopping. Trying First to you can clients, imagine. You, you realise how me, much stuff isn't. Like, oh my word, it took me about an hour and 20 minutes. Like, there's milk powder in that. And like, <laughs> wandering yeah. around Sainsbury's like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's a big Sainsbury's, it wasn't like a small Sainsbury's. Just but. hummus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it just took ages and then like meal planning. I used, because I obviously do a lot of cooking and I'm involved in it every single day, I'm pretty good at going around the supermarket and just planning my meals as I'm going along. I, I don't write them out as much as I used to. And I thought I'd do the same with being vegan. I thought oh, that'd be fine, I'd be cool. I'd yeah. just go in and just make up some meals. Mm. Took me so long to do. Um, so I think, be, you know, if, you, if you're thinking about being vegan for whatever reason or, or you're conscious of it, just be ready that food shopping and planning your meals. But there's still some really great vegan recipes out there which I've quite yeah, enjoyed cooking. It's, it's getting better with a lot of the um, seitan and tofu is getting mm. far more readily available. Because I, I used to work in street food for a bit, so I, I, I oh, love nice. cooking. And um, my thing is I love to veganify all my kind of old meals. So I do like scrambled tofu burritos, mm. Mexican kind of style. And yeah. Um, I'll do chicken tikka masala, but with mock chicken and things like that. Yeah, and I, I like use uh, coconut cream instead of cream. And um, mm. but you do have to you do have to shift your mindset and work a bit harder. But your knowledge has helped you in that aspect, hasn't it? The yeah, yeah, yeah. knowledge that you had before has kind of helped you already. And yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And like, it was all me is like uh, to be really creative again. It kind of felt, oh, I've got to be creative about cooking again because I want to. Yeah. I miss certain things. And yeah. Dom's always around trying to eat my food. Yeah. This is just something specific for the vegans. Some vegans... Um, <laughs> I feel like you're aiming this uh, people just in the room. Some, do they, instead of eating, you know, like they get rid of meat, they get rid of uh, any animal-derived products, do they start eating just kebabs, breakfast, lunch, falafel dinner? Falafel kebabs, like you mean? Yeah, like. falafel, yeah, so, sorry, falafel kebabs, I'll say it on kebabs. For yeah. every meal, do you know, do you, do you ever find vegans that do that, just swap um, for pizzas, I, you know, like the non-dairy non pizzas? When, when a few lads have done it, and they haven't necessarily gone full vegan, but when I've worked with athletes before, they've kind of like gone or they might have even gone like pescatarian or they've gone vegetarian yeah and i think it's brilliant because as soon as you do it and I, i'd imagine you both will have noticed this you start taking more of an interest in what you can cook you've got to be more inventive yeah, in your yeah. meals you start to be more conscious around what you're eating when you're eating the effects it can have on your body and that can only have good effects on what you're eating so mm. a lot of the some of the younger lads at rhinos when we're doing it they try different things and it was brilliant the conversations you could have with them you could see it was starting to get through a little bit because they were taking yeah. more of an interest in what they ate and they some of the things they got you know horribly wrong but by having more of an interest in your food and what you can have and they did it just simply because they wanted to try it, I'm like, oh, give it a yeah go. yeah and they just got more interest in their food and now with a few of them i know that they now base their meals around plants so they go right how am i going to base my meal what's mm. going to be the focus of my meal and it's on vegetables fruit and that can only lead towards being healthier. And then yeah, they'll yeah. add in the meat or whatever. They've got to be. learn, aren't they? They've got, mm. like I said, you, you had that knowledge before, they've got to learn, I guess, mm. especially in performance. Yeah. They've got to know what, what, what they've got to eat and, and what meals, what they can have to base around. And mm. that's really interesting. That, that so just to get an idea of what, um, so are you involved in kind of giving the lads like specific meal plans per player or kind of mm. general for first team or... Or are you involved in like what they actually get at lunches at the club or a bit of everything? Or it's kind of everything really. So anything nutrition based with the first team. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll try and oversee. Uh, we're very fortunate we've got an academy nutritionist as well. So okay, cool. She'll look after the academy, the 16s, the 19s, junior yeah, yeah. players. And then I'll look after the first team. And that can range from anything really to, to food on the bus, food being provided, uh, food at the ground, education, one-on-one -on -one body comp goals, 
just changing the environment, even educating the coaches to some degree around like what we want and how the players time frame. So it's really anything uh, nutrition based will go through me. And, and again, that can range from just having a chat and just saying, look, we've noticed this. What do you think about this? Can we include this? Or actually, in some cases, handing out really detailed diet plans and going through things in more depth. And it, it depends on the athlete. When you've only got a squad of 35 players, mm. it allows you to be more individualized in how you go about it and get to know the players and get to understand what they're like, when they're like, and things like that. A bit of insight. So Tom were really uh, prevalent through pre-season. Um, you'd be messaging every player, wouldn't you, um, after taking body comps. So the first day of pre-season, everyone had the body comps. So the mills of fat that they've got. Um, they'd have sort of goals for what weight they need to yeah, be at, yeah. whether they need to maintain it, put some on or even lose some. Um and then off the back of that, we'd have nutrition ideas, plans that would be sent to us, meal prep um, suggestions or how to do it. And, and and you've been really good at that. Tom's been really good at that, giving ideas that you could cook on a Sunday night to eat for the rest of the week. Mm. Um, and through pre-season, it was really interesting because Tom would be sending us, I think he back end of every week, um, an update on our body comp. Um, because we log our weight every day in the morning before we've eaten. Um for the well-being so we know how much we're weighing we know what our body comps are and we know what what stuff we've been doing through the week so we'd get an update for mm. what's working um and like i say some 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 players might play around with what they're eating um but it's quite good it, when we were trading text messages saying that's good that, you know I'm, I'm buzzing that i've i've lost fat but i've put a little bit of weight on and that's like the best best thing for that's me the perfect that's the best sweet thing sport, isn't it? Yeah. yeah um and and that constant engagement i think um, on the nutrition side of things is can make a big difference um, so you really helped me Tom really helped me you're crying yeah it's just yeah it's, I don't fine, know what though, that is it's, but, that's what we're all about yeah so. yeah but it's um, no it's been brilliant um, I'm just wondering on the back of that what made you so interested in nutrition because mm. there's some there's some reasons for, for why people get into different things mm. and you're obviously quite an athletic bloke yeah. What is it that, that, that got you into um, nutrition? I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I went to university and did a, I did just like a generic undergrad sports science degree. Knew I wanted to work in sport, didn't know what I wanted to do. So I just did a generic degree and then started to enjoy nutrition a bit more. And I realized I had no idea about this thing, which I'm doing every single day and doing numerous yeah. times a day. Mm. No idea what it was happening with my body, no idea what was interacting, how I could optimize my performance. Went on, did a master's and I've just continued to go from there. And how I, how I sell it to athletes is... Everyone focuses, if you've got a target, whether it would be in healthcare, it might be a weight loss target. So you might want to drop 10 kilograms to fit in a dress for a wedding, or it might be trying to run a marathon, or it might be trying to be a, a performance or a super league player, or it might be. Everyone will focus on um, like the gym or whatever it might be, or physio or um, yeah. whatever it might be. Um, but you'll probably only have, so in our pre-season, I don't know, 50 field sessions maybe you've got to do, mm. 50 or gym sessions, maybe a couple more. If you're eating, you're going to eat probably three times a day. If you're an elite level athlete, up to six times a day, every single day. And if you take that over the course of a week and a year, you're eating somewhere between 1,500 and 2,200 wow. times a year. Mm. And if you've got that many opportunities to better yourself and optimize what you do, mm. and that's that to me is the biggest thing. Like You might have five physio yeah. sessions a year. You might have however many you have. You might have two gym sessions a week. Yeah. But you've got 40 opportunities to maximize your potential, what you can be, body comp, weight loss, uh, goals, whatever it might be. So this completely all-encompassing thing in your life, I was mm. like, I, I, this just fascinates me, yeah. what you can do. Yeah. And it can get incredibly complicated 
nutrition. And I think you can also make it incredibly simple. Yeah. I think sometimes people complicate it yeah. to sell things or to, yeah. you know. Bro science, you anything. mentioned earlier, but there's so much of that bro science around. Yeah. Like yeah. People were talking as if they're nutritional experts <laughs> about yeah. macros, yeah. micros and all these sort of things. That, I don't think they have a clue what they're People want to just have that answer, don't they? And yeah, yeah. kind of go off the back of that. And, mm. But that's what, what what's helped, we've, you know, through pre-season, we've had those targets and mm. you've kind of made it simple for us as well. Mm. Um, and we've been able to reach them. And what kind of, what can you explain just for people listening, what kind of presence would you have through the year like what stuff would you try and stay on top of through the year is is i think it's it's more likely to, to maintain it for weights mm. um for the weights of the players and, and for performance but is there anything specific you can kind of paint a picture for what for what you do through the year for a, a rugby team yeah so if we look at if we take one aspect of it and we look at weight and body size and body comp because it's quite an easy one to sort of discuss and, and think about so in pre-season we generally are trying to optimize your body composition and get you in the best possible state we can mm. pre-start of the season. Because as soon as we go into the season, your ability to change your body comp, especially increase it in, in muscle mass, is, is, is reduced a lot because of our the amount of gym sessions we do. So we try and get you in the best possible shape we can do. And that's, and that's a group effort from like a multidisciplinary point of view from physios, conditioners, myself, everyone involved in the club will try and get the players in the very best condition we can do. So from game one, we're always trying to better ourselves and always trying to optimise it, but it's so hard to do in season. I mean, you obviously know better than anyone. You play a game mm. Friday night, a game of Super League is phenomenally mm. physically exertive, as is the training. You're pretty shattered Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Monday, you should still see it at work on Monday. Like everyone's walking around like old men. Like walking yeah, football. Yeah. It's like, oh, you yeah. stop asking lads like, how are you? Because yeah, yeah. you just don't even get an honest response. Like, how are you? Do you yeah, I'm all right. And you're like, <laughs> what actually is wrong? You're like, well, my hip hurts, my knee yeah. hurts, my shoulder's falling off and yeah. et cetera. So, that's pretty tough. So then it's sort of making sure that we can, in season, we tend to shift to more of a recovery focus. So mm. pre-season, a lot of body comp, a lot of making sure we get them in the best possible shape we can do, fueling them up for sessions because sessions in pre-season, yeah, yeah. pretty tough. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, we described a few, yeah. Sounds yeah. like horror show. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's tough, horror show. Pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, and then in season, we tend to look more recovery. So how quickly can we get you from a game of Super League back to the best possible state we can get you in for you then to train properly through the week and then fuel you up again to go out and do. So this is kind of a play. tough question off the back of that. But like, if you were to give an example of what a pre-season standard meal would be versus mm -hmm. what would a mid-season meal be, mm -hmm. what what would you what would you say? Oh, it's, it's very individualised on the player and what they're looking to do. Um, so pre, if we take, uh, fuse me an example. Want to put weight on and cool. So let's use Stevie as an example. So, uh, so Stevie in pre-season, we wanted to put on some some mass, uh, we're actually pretty happy with how he is aerobically. As his body comp, we're pretty happy with him, but in pre-season, the focus is to put on muscle mass. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we'd get him to fuel up for breakfast, so we'd probably get him to have some porridge. Uh, when he gets to the training ground, we provide them with breakfast up at cafe bar, so you can have porridge, eggs, beans, toast. We encourage him to eat a lot, as much as possible, because you're going to have typically field session first, so yeah. they'll be out on field, they'll cover anywhere between three to six kilometres, of which will be high intense collision-based work. Some of it will be doing intermittent-based high intense work. Yeah, yeah. They'll come in, we'll then fuel them up for lunch, and for lunch we'll always have a couple of hot protein sources, a couple of hot carbohydrate sources, salad bars, soups, breads, rolls, sandwiches available for them all to eat, refuel. Yeah, yeah. And then they've got to not only recover from the session they've done, they've then also got to go out and do a pretty heavy gym session after that. So then they've got to go in lift heavy weights and then we've got to try and get them to recover after that as well. 
So we try and provide as much food as we can for the players to make sure that they're fueling up and they're recovering because as much as body comps are focused, they're paid to be rugby players and they're paid to be very good rugby players. And we've mm. got to make sure that nothing is inhibiting their ability to play rugby. So we've got to make sure that they're they're fueled up, their bodies are ready to go and they don't fatigue or drop off towards the end of games or sessions. And then we've also got to get them to recover so that we can get the training adaptations and the, the next day they turn up and they're ready to do it all over again. In season, it, it, it varies a lot on where we're, mm. where we're at and where the players are. Some players have still got body comp targets in season. We'll play around with it a little bit. Stevie's obviously unfortunately injured at the moment, which is a shame. Uh, Changed my diet now, doesn't it? Exactly. So that will shift his diet completely away from where it was. So it was looking at a performance diet, fueling him up for games, getting him to recover games, fueling into the week. Now, unfortunately, we haven't got anything to fuel up for. We're just looking at purely recovery. So Stevie's diet will shift away from... Is that, that. like lower overall calories? Or yeah. Like, and so, also like lower specific carbs, keep protein the same? Or is there like... Uh, so with when you become injured, what happens with a lot of players is they have such high energy expenditures to keep them in an energy balance. They have to fuel up a lot and eat five, six times a day. Now Stevie's not exercising or not expending the, expending the same amount of energy. That will drop down. We've got to make sure that that's matched with a reduced energy intake. Okay. Uh, we What's really important with injured players, especially when you're immobilised, which Stevie is at the moment because of his surgery with his leg, is we need to try and keep hold of the muscle mass yeah, as long as yeah. possible. Muscle's really hard to create. Uh, and it's really important we try and keep hold of it. Fat mass, easy. We can get that to drop and gain yeah, if yeah. we need it really, really quickly. Whereas when it comes to muscle mass, we want to try and keep it for as much as possible. So all the things we're trying to do with Stevie at the moment is just trying to retain as much lean okay. muscle mass in his leg as we can. We will get some loss because he's not doing anything with it. Um, and anyone that's ever spent a long time in a bed or immobilized or had operations, yeah. like when you have your foot or our arm broken and you put it in a cast you pull it out and it looks pathetically spindly yeah, yeah. everyone's been there um, oh it looks like Kirk the squad it looks <laughs> yeah. shocking mate it looks absolutely shocking so that's what we're trying to limit as much as possible so when he is back when he is rehabbing we've got a lot less to rehab from like a yeah you, you mentioned before about the amount of calories you lo lose in a game so if I played 80 minutes back home in, in the Super League game I, what, what figure would you cast on how many calories I've lost um, and then also what what food is like for me you can eat anything really to try and get the calories back in or you've got to try and eat anything to get, get the calories back in in specific what what would be the best meal to eat um, or the food to eat over the next night and the next day but then also what kind of supplements can you recommend for, for people and you give us the packs I want you just if you could go through what what you give players after games but also what you you brought me a nice package up the other day um with flowers what was it a basket of flowers and then you got <laughs> <laughs> they brought um, a good a good pack of stuff up and um, I'll let you run through what you brought up and, and the purposes mm. for because it might help people um, for what they've done for recovery you know a lot of the people in Mentality Club that we've set up just recently um, a lot of people involved and I've they're got asking questions from them yeah we'll, we'll fire into them questions after actually yeah, um, yeah. So first point was how many calories in a game? Yeah, how many and calories in a immediately game? Immediately after what you kind of... Yeah. So the amount of calories you you expend in a game will depend on what you do in the game, and what position you play, okay. how many collisions you'll go through. Someone in Stevie's position at the moment, top tackler in Super top League. Top tackler, yeah. Am I still um, Probably not anymore. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll go through probably anywhere between 50 and 70 collisions a game, do a number of high-speed meters. Feasibly, uh, you'd estimate, Stephen, probably anywhere around 5,000 plus calories a game. It's a lot, right? isn't it? <laughs> a lot, um, so it is really, really tough. And the, and the amount of research around that isn't the best at the moment. We're getting some more and more research looking into yeah, it. Yeah. Um, 
there's not enough to absolutely guarantee that is how much we're spending, but we've we've got reasonable confidence it's very high. Mm. So, you know, plus 5,000 calories a, a day is, is really tough. And then... And then there's the impacts that you've got to look after to, to yeah. get them to repair and recover as well. So there's, there's so, some food in there, isn't there? Yeah. Feel- so, so the whistle goes, right? The whistle goes. Mm-hmm. The lads are all walking off. They've won. And they get into the changing room. <laughs> I like how you put in the picture. Yeah. Well done. They get into the changing room. What happens then? Is there like immediate like sports drink, food, yeah. or is it just water and chill out? Or I kind of sort of through a bit. So actually, day, uh, game day prep starts the day before. Okay. So we talk about game day minus one, and that's the day we encourage the lads to fuel up. So I get literally pest of the lads the day before fuel up. You need a higher carbohydrate intake than they probably have in the week. I expect them to weigh in heavy on game day when they come in. They okay, fuel up all the day before. Yeah, yeah. The night before is always a big meal. And, you know, things like pasta parties and things like that have always been quite popular, which we encourage. Game day, they'll fuel up in the morning. Encourage them to still fuel up as we go through. Then lads get, have, it, what, what time? Is that an 8pm kickoff game or is that be... seven? Well, yeah, if it's Thursday or Friday, it'll be 7.45 okay, yeah. kickoff. So morning, so there's still lunch. I was thinking if it's yeah. 3 o'clock or something, it might be different. Yeah, but. so the time you tend to work off timings. Most players don't like going into games heavy. And when I first started working, a lot of players wouldn't eat on game day. They're like, I want to go in light, I want to do that. And they're absolutely cooked from about minute 50, 60 yeah. onwards because they're funnily enough Nothing haven't got there, any yeah. fuel in. So that's always a nice moment when you persuade a player, look, eat on the morning, eat three to four hours beforehand, and then it, you will feel fine going into it. And then they come to your office going, I have so much energy. So that's all fueled up. And then they've got their own individual plans for what they do pre-game. Some people will just have a banana, others will have different supplements and whatever it might be. And then they'll go through the game Again, it's slightly individualised in the game, what they like and, and what they want. Post-game, as most people know from really high intense exercise, you don't want to eat post-game. Your appetite's suppressed. Mm. Uh, so it normally takes about half an hour to about an hour for players to get hungry because a lot of the, you know, your gut's turning around a little bit and you feel pretty grim and then you suddenly get the drop, which for some players is within half an hour and you're suddenly like, oh my God, I'm absolutely starving. Yeah, yeah. And this is where I differ uh, from quite a lot of people. Um, if they've expended 5,000 calories in that... Uh, in that game, after a horrendously tough game of Super League, and Super League's phenomenally physical, mm. I don't mind what you eat. Go eat what you want. Having a pizza actually is a really good recovery meal post game. You've got high carbohydrate. Normally, you've got some protein source on there, and it's high calorie. You're in a severe calorie deficit. Your body is metabolically and physiologically, physiologically smashed to pieces. Get calories in. You need to recover. So yeah. actually, having a pizza and it's palatable, and you look forward to it. Last yeah. thing you want when you finish the game is someone giving you like. Broccoli and blanched Boiled chicken. chicken like, yeah, yeah. It's interesting that. you say that because I remember um, I was watching one of these uh, pre-fight build-up shows and like I think it was Mayweather was just having cheeseburgers like fight yeah. week. And then I mentioned it to someone. I was at Primal Gym for a bit and I mentioned it to one of the instructors there. And he yeah. said uh, he'd done a degree in nutrition as well. And just like yourself, he was saying, A, first thing you should do is you should never compare what you eat to a high-performance athlete. Like it's completely, completely different needs. And he's saying, if you look at like Manny Pacquiao, uh, Michael Phelps, they all have pizzas, kebabs, burgers, but it's a day of training sessions where they're burning like 6,000 calories yeah. in a session. So he said, after that, you don't want, like he said, like steamed broccoli. He said, I want <laughs> calorie dense foods that they're going to yeah. eat. And yeah. he said, also some of those things like whole grains, they can fill you up mm. and they're not as calorie dense as like mm. a slice of pizza. He said, yeah, even, yeah. he said he says pizzas as well over burgers because at least there's, there's protein, there's sometimes some mm. veg on it and there's some things, but he was like, just get the calories in after something yeah. like that. So it's it's, it's a reward as well, isn't it? It's like, it's, that's the time when you can eat it. Yeah, yeah. Before all week you've monitored your diet and stuff mm. and then that's well, that's our cheat day or that's our time to cheat really. Mm. But 
as we've mentioned in this as you know this in this example, it's probably the best thing you can have. Mm. Um, and like I say, when, when you do get that win, Chris, and you, you sit down and you think, I can have a pizza now, yeah, one yeah. and I can put my feet up. Yeah. That, that's the nice thing about it. But that's where things in nutrition can sometimes get very subjective when you use terms and uh, which are not necessarily correct. So in that case, when you've got Stevie Ward, who's played 80 minutes of Super League, what's healthy for Stevie in that stage? Actually, a pizza is healthy because we mm. need to get into recover and replenish and we need high-calorie food. So the context is important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If I was giving pizza to someone that's done nothing all day, then actually maybe that's not healthy. But in that case, we're <laughs> <laughs> looking at Brian Campbell. Uh, then actually, that's you know that's that's a really good option for him. So that yeah. that, that leads in nicely to some of the questions from the club. Actually, yeah. so Andy Mullins has sent him. What's the best thing to eat, drink, or consume prior to a long run, fifteen slash twenty k? So he's done a lot of running recently. He has done a lot of running. And he, he's kind of like he actually is a big bit of a fan of the pizzas. He's been saying yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. he yeah. wants to know what is the kind of optimum thing. Obviously, yeah. it might differ, but what yeah. would you be looking at getting? Yeah, so 15, 20, how long does it take you to run 15 or 20 k? do you think? <sighs> it is. Can't say I run that far very often. Um, depends how... It's a good 5k time is around 20 minutes. Hour and a half, yeah. maybe? Hour and a half, yeah. Hour and a half, yeah. Hour Okay, cool. Maybe so, for Mullins, I think I'd do it a bit shorter. What would you yeah. do? A sub, out, sub one hour? Around <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so provided oh, no, if Corey does that, provided he's not got any specific dietary requirements which we mm. don't know about or allergies, um, you'd look to have a big meal three to four hours before, which, okay. which is what would be uh, three to advisable. Four, that's quite interesting, yeah. Uh, depending how into your nutrition are, probably anywhere between one to two gram per kilogram body mass of, of carbohydrate, I suggest, if you're going to try and run it at, at, a, at a high intensity. Uh, so whatever your body weight is, take that to two and then try and look for that uh, in carbohydrate. Uh, when you're running, if you're running for an hour and a half, I'd probably suggest some kind of carbohydrate on the way around as well, somewhere between 20 and 30 grams. Any more than that, and you tend to find your gut will start feeling pretty grim, but okay. there's so many gels. That's where sports drinks are brilliant. Powerades, um, they're fantastic. They've got 23 grams of carbohydrate, I think, in, but they'll rehydrate you. They give you that extra little boost of carbohydrate. On the run. Yeah, on the yeah, run. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's worth trying these things on shorter runs first, or if you're competing, don't try something in the race, because... Mm. The last thing you need is to try something, something to mess and, up in the race. Yeah, yeah, and that's the last place you want to be. That's a dark place. Yeah, so yeah. three, four hours before, like big kind of carb heavy meal, yeah. and you're fine with like white carbs, brown carbs on yeah. that, or yeah, whatever kind of. Shouldn't, it should, you'll burn that up, won't you? You're going to burn it up. Oh, absolutely. You need to fuel up. You're fueling up to perform. This yeah, isn't like yeah. a body comp focus. This is a performance aspect. Mm. So you need to make sure all your intramuscular score, uh, stores are ready and fueled up and that you're going to be able to compete. And I assume he's trying to run at a decent time if he's running that distance. Yeah, he's I training for a half marathon, I think, yeah. isn't he? Or something. Oh, nice. so, yeah, cool. yeah. so he's pushing himself. He's looking for yeah. a good time. So because of that, you're looking purely performance-focused. It's you know, it's performance over vanity. Fuel yourself up, take some carbs on board whilst you're doing it, and then probably after that distance, you won't want to eat for half an hour to yeah. an hour. So there's nothing wrong with having things like smoothies post after that to try and help yourself recover a little mm. bit because taking fluid on board as opposed to actually eating can just be a little bit more palatable and a little bit easier yeah. on the gut, especially if you've been running. So for me, because proteins, I have to think a little bit harder. It's, it's, it's not as hard as people say it is, but if mm. I was having a big bowl of pasta, mm. I would have like a vegetable sauce with it. Is that mm. fine? Or would you still say try and get yeah. some protein in there, like put some lentils or beans? Or- uh, you tend to shift protein out of your diet when you're going to, as you move towards performance and competition, I, w- I would simplify it to just more carbs. Okay, so the night before, absolutely fine, not an issue. If more than three to four hours away from your run or competition or rugby or, or hockey or football or cricket, just whatever it might be, just, and then just simplify it down a little bit because the more you add to your stomach, the more it's going to be digesting and as yeah, you start yeah. running blood's taken away from your gut and then you've still got food in there which is when you'll get things like indigestion uh, 
stitches and things like that. So I then just simplify it from, but if you keep three to four hours in your head, okay. And for that then. Post run, obviously, then I can think about getting some carbs in to yeah. repair, uh, protein, sorry, to repair. Yeah, it. absolutely. Yeah. He, he has another, you mentioned any dietary requirements. Andy's other question was, he doesn't like veg very much. <laughs> what should he be doing to get nutrients? I mean, the obvious answer is eat veg, but is there other ways or is there specific veg? Like if you don't like veg, maybe he said he oh. does like potatoes and he is from Ireland. So he's not, he's not doing much for stereotypes. Oh dear. Oh dear. Uh, a difficult question to know without actually asking more questions on that. Easy things to do for vegetables is to try and put them in sauces and try and put them in things. Um, okay, yeah. Blender. So if you like a bolognese, make sure you put some courgette in you might not even notice. Or, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, spinach, drop it in. And... Yeah, 100%. Uh, if you don't like fruit, that's where you can get away with smoothies and things like that, just by adding fruit in. If, if you find mm. eating fruit boring or you don't like it, mm. put it in the smoothie, make it taste nice. Similar with vegetables, if you can roast them all up, blend them into a soup, if you like soup. I don't yeah, know. yeah. Um, and just put them in sauces. Is it really Put them in with the potato soup or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that links into a question from James Underwood, which you kind of touched on, but James plays um, rugby union. And he was like, what's your key, key recommendations pre-match? How long beforehand? So you've kind mm -hmm. of, I think, touched on that. And he said yeah. he prefers more natural options, so like bananas and things like that, rather than... Yeah, that's cool. Um, cook. So it, would that still pass... But I mean, could you have a bowl of bananas instead of pasta? Would you still say have a kind of um, like... Yeah, if you, wanted, if you wanted to. Um, I think it'd be an odd thing to eat. Yeah, yeah. Than that many bananas. Got a big bowl of bananas, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much bananas. Get the, yeah, show them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, get them on there. Yeah. No, we, bananas, bananas are fantastic uh, to have, you know, within an hour. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not gonna, you're not getting them. Get them on. Leave them. I'll put them down. Put them so on. we're not lying. That's, there you there's your bananas, mate. There you are, James. <laughs> Could he have that pre- How many bananas is safe? Oh, you can have loads of bananas. Yeah, there's a myth on that. They used to say six with potassium, and it's like, it's not. It's much oh, worse. It's, it's, like, it's impossible. No. Um, um, yeah, you could do them. Bananas are fantastic to have within the hour or two before oh, right. exercise. Because so if you so have a meal and you find for some reason you suddenly get really hungry, actually having a bananas is spot on, and we'll always make sure they're available in the change rooms pre-game, half-time, full-time if lads want them, just because they're so easy to eat in there. They're still fantastic for you. Is there any stuff that you'd recommend for MSC on that? Because... Um, Nikki from MSC has been awesome. She sponsored the podcast mm. and really supports what we do. Um, she's sent us a code actually for discount for the if you if you sign up to the Mentality Club, Brilliant. you get some discount on MSC. I'm just wondering. Now we've got you here. What is from those questions and scenarios that we've talked about there? Yeah. We've got half marathon. We've got um, someone mm. who plays rugby union. What are the best MSC supplements that, that that people can get from the club or anyone listening that that yeah. might be a similar scenario? Um, definitely a complete shout out to MSC. I think they're brilliant. As supplement yeah. companies go, they're fantastic and Nikki's great. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why we're very fortunate to have a really close relationship with them at Leeds Rhinos and just hit his head on my head. Uh, we're very fortunate. Um, we use them for a number of different reasons. I think for the general population who are playing rugby try not to be careful or any sport for that try to be uh, careful and conscious of becoming over reliant on supplements because mm. Mm. supplements are, should be there to supplement your good diet and a healthy diet so you should be able to get everything from your it's diet it's the name isn't it it's a Nikki supplement says that. Yeah. However, and yeah and that's why Nikki's brilliant she's, she's absolutely spot on with everything she says however like we said sometimes when you finish playing a game or you've been on a run or you've been in a gym session and actually you're like I don't really don't want to eat I don't want to like my gut's not ready to eat so having something in a fluid form like a protein shake can actually be really good for your recovery. Mm, so that's yeah. where uh, protein can be really useful. They've got a variety of flavors at MSC, which are great. You've got Maximize, which is, uh, actually there's two, there's, I think there's synthesis as well, which is a 
more carbohydrate and protein based one and they've also got their probiotic way yeah which is more of just a way based one so depending on what you're recovering from or what maybe what mm. your, your goals are you can pick one off the back of that but they're, they're the sort of the most obvious yeah. ones which kind of uh, jump out there's one that sticks out in my mind like a, a sore form the um for james underwood playing rugby union competing i guess um primer do you recommend primer for him before a game yeah primers only on a game day though yeah so primer's a primer's a pre-workout uh essentially so it's a high caffeinated pre-workout drink which it's uh it, rocket it, fuel yeah I don't it really do caffeine. is that would be I, um, that would be flying so we give it we give it to the players as caffeine you're absolutely fine just having a black coffee you know the caffeine mm. caffeine caffeine um unless you don't put any magical caffeine in it but you don't know how much caffeine is in coffee and it will vary massively from chain to chain or how you make it or anything like mm. that so it's very difficult to standardize pre-game for you whereas using that we can standardize how many milligrams of caffeine we can give to the players and some players will have more some players will have a bit less depending on mm. is it tested it. for i know in, in in combat sports someone said in the interview said oh, if i had two espressos i i wouldn't i'd fail a drugs test because it's performance enhancing at such a high level in yeah. no. it's in some sort of mma caffeine used to be banned in it mm. back in the day but it for used rugby, to be it's it's, it's fine yeah, at the moment fine. Okay, yeah so it's uh it's good i uh, with a lot of things i'll always get the boys <laughs> i don't know if i should say this but it's quite funny i uh i always like try and get the lads to try different things and get yeah, into yeah. and think about it. and we'll always try it away from game day so obviously we don't go into a game and like we said you get some gastrointestinal or you've been sick or whatever it might be and i said right boys we're going to try primer today so i made the whole squad try it <laughs> And it was, you know what it was absolutely carnage. It, it was, was like a, what a light session anyway. And you've got serious players. You've got Dave Furnish. I was like, coach trying to run a serious <laughs> session. And lads are like throwing grass at each other. They're like smacking <laughs> each other in the face. They're like rolling around and doing like roly polies and just running around everywhere. And I'm like, it like everyone's, everyone on? needed somewhere to put their attention you know we're in yeah, training yeah. before we went out everyone's mucking about having a laugh like the banter levels on a thousand <laughs> it's, it's like it's going off but then when we went out for for training yeah. I think it was about maybe about half hour an hour in total after we yeah. had it everyone were proper switched on and I think it was probably one of the best sessions we had because we had like a we have like a side which aren't selected for the weekend and we have a side that okay, yeah yeah um and the side that, which is what you want, the side which weren't selected probably had the best ever training <laughs> session. They were like, you know, a set of Andrew One Johns out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> proper. And, it, and obviously both teams were going at it. Everyone's like proper raring to go and, and and really like, and putting the best out there. So for a performance thing, it's, it's amazing. Um, I won't have it every day, but I definitely, I definitely mm. say to to have it if you've got a really big gym session or triathlon or a game or something like that. The primers, you know, I, I won't, I won't go without it now before a game. Yeah, Stevie touches on a very important point with that though. It's great taking it before a game, but with any supplement, you can become reliant on it very quickly. Yeah, and we've had some lads that like, you're like, oh, I need a primer before the session. You're like, no, you don't. No, it's training. It's just a training session. Yeah. You've got a gym session. You'll yeah, be fine. Yeah. Now you, now you've got this like. I need to have it. And if I don't have it, the session's rubbish. Mm. Uh, so I would be conscious of people becoming reliant on it because one, it is a massive buzz and you probably will lift more and you'll run around more and it'll feel great for the yeah, first time. Yeah. But as with anything, that, that will start to wear off. And, yeah, yeah. And then you just become too reliant. So pre-game, yeah, it's great, but just be yeah. conscious. And also, if you're training in the evening, so you might have club training in the evening, six or seven, or your gym's in the evening. If you have that, you're not sleeping for a while. Yeah. Like, if you have it in the evening, you're you're not, because yeah. you just, caffeine takes a while to get out of your system and you're lying in bed mm. at, Midnight one. We're still, we're still hard to sleep after a game anyway, all adrenaline. Yeah, but yeah. you got prime. Add that to primer to that. As long as you win, you're all right. 
yeah. put, put the office on and eat pizza, you're all right. But when you lose, you're like, no. Oh. <laughs> um, but that's it. But what, can we run through the, the pack that you brought up, Tom, the other day, just for someone that... Yeah, absolutely. ...that yeah, might yeah, be wanting yeah. so to if any, concern themselves. We'll try and, I'll try and simplify it for people that might be injured at the moment or immobilised. Yeah, might be. Yeah. So as we spoke with you, the first thing you think about when you're injured is is your energy balance. So now you're, depending on how energy... or what you were doing beforehand, mm. you've got to make sure that your energy intake's matching your energy output if you want to maintain weight. Uh, we push people to try and have a higher protein intake to make sure that we retain that muscle mass, which we've worked so hard to get hold of, especially if it's lower limb. Mm. Um, so we'll push people to have a slightly higher protein intake. So I dropped a bag of protein off, uh, MSC protein at, at Stevie's. Uh, so normally most people will have a protein source with each meal. Mm. And so what I'll typically say is if any snack you have in between that or any meal that doesn't have protein in, just make sure you have a, uh, like a shake with it as well. Okay. So I'd always advocate having food, but if for some reason you can't, there is a there is an option there for you to have mm. it. Uh, we gave you some creatine as well. Mm. Uh, there's been some good research that can suggest that potentially having creatine can also help attenuate muscle mass loss in, okay. your, in your leg as well. Uh, That's interesting because I think most people just think of creatine as something to do around when you're working out. Yeah. yeah. But it, off working out, if you want to not lose muscle mass, yeah, it's, it's another important goal. I also drop by. I drop by. Uh, we also give the players when they're injured, especially when they've got tendon or ligament issues. We drop. Uh, we've got collagen, so we give the players yeah, collagen, yeah. which is some really cool new emerging research around the correct protocol around collagen. So I dropped him off a bag of collagen, uh, some vitamin C tablets, which is important with the collagen in the, uh, in the resynthesis. Dropped you off. Uh, I remember. Turmeric was it turmeric? I think that's cocoon. Yeah, oh, the active ingredient. We gave a cocoon tablet um, and I, some I fish told oils. you about that a while ago. You yeah, did, yeah. So yeah, yeah. That I can't well, have anything. Well, can you remember when I brought the, the tablets in? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oil, concussion. Yeah. Oh, was Creole, it your fault? Yeah, I had yeah. a really bad concussion oh, once. I did a lot of research. He shouted at me, yeah. man. Yeah, I threw them away, sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did, yeah. <laughs> Well, I didn't think, innit? I didn't. I just completely didn't think that obviously athletes get tested and they've got to check what they're getting. But I remember he had concussion. and When I had concussion, I read a lot of peer-reviewed papers and I found out a lot about the fatty acids and how that it could be placebo as well, but it helped me quite a lot. Yeah, Turmeric and, and krill oil, so yeah. I, I recommended it to Steve and brought some around, and then he gave it to you and chucked it in the And bin. then, yeah, it's yeah. gone. But, yeah. 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 Um, but now I guess you've got some accredited, yeah. use the better you ones and stuff, don't you? Uh, we have got some... For uh, turmeric, not for krill oil. Yeah. We've, we've got, got some other stuff which we've used, which is all tested for okay, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we've got some MSC fish oils as well, just to try That's and help it. with some of the information. Yeah. So I do algae oil now with my vegan. Oh, nice, yeah, I was going to suggest that, yeah. How much do you take of that? Um, I think it's 2,000 IUs. Is that a correct measurement? Sounds about I think right. it's that 2,000 IUs. Yeah, I'm pretty sure mm. it is. Yeah, mm. is what I take. Yeah. And um, I think, because I know you can get omegas from, from some of the seeds, but it's far less bioavailable, I think. So I wanted to yeah, find a good regular. source of it. So this algae oil seemed like the science behind it was a bit more backed up. So yeah, definitely. Mm. What are you thinking to CBD oil now? <laughs> Thought you might ask this. <laughs> I think CBD oil, and I'll try and remain as balanced on this as possible. I think CBD oil is a really interesting emerging area of research. Mm. If I wasn't an, well, I'm not an athlete. If I wasn't working in elite sport, I would probably say to people, if you don't, if you, you know, if you want to pay for it, then I think it's quite interesting, especially around with, I've heard a lot of people talk about how it's helped them with sleep, mm. essentially with some symptoms of anxiety uh-huh. and some symptoms of pain. Although I spoke to some physios who aren't quite as convinced on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's emerging I think it's really interesting but I think unfortunately at this stage if I'm to keep my evidence-based hat on I still think it's only emerging yeah. and with any CBD oil although some companies will tell you that it is completely THC free 
which is what you'll be tested for, they can't guarantee it. Uh, and until it's informed sport and until it's tested, until I've got the certificate in my hand that guarantees mm. me or minimises that risk of taking supplement to the absolute maximum, I wouldn't personally advocate it to people. Um, but that's for elite level athletes. So, or, yeah. So for me, if I felt mm. like I could get benefits in sleep and stuff like that, it'd be okay. Mm. But anyone who might be in testing pools and stuff, wait yeah. until there's more. I'd be very conscious of it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of the things where the chances are like anything, you probably won't test positive for it because they probably have taken steps to get rid of it. But you do still run the risk. Mm. And in a high performance elite sport, it's a big risk because if you're banned for two years or four years in some cases, it's career, career yeah. over. But for for the average population, if if they find that it works for them, then that's great. But before we move on to maybe some, if we bring it down to more general nutrition points for everyone, not just for athletes. Yeah. Um, I just want to go back to maybe... Uh, what advice or what conversations would you and Mole have? Because when Mole said he was going vegan, did that mm. raise some red flags? You're like, okay, that means I need to make sure he's much more conscious mm. of certain areas or... No, not really. Mole was kind of already vegan before I got there. When okay. I joined Mole was kind of, he just turned vegan. So I've only ever already known... massive. I've already known vegan Mole, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've only ever really known vegan Mole. Um, he was kind of a little bit vegetarian for a bit, but a, he yeah, wasn't yeah. quite vegan Mole. Uh, so no, not really, because when... I think there's a misconception that when you're vegan, you can't be an elite athlete or you can't perform. Yeah, to the yeah. best. It, like you said it yourself, you can, you just have to be a little bit more switched on. with yeah, yeah. So the obvious one is we spoke about a bit before. If you're taking something off your plate, like it, whether it be meat, carbs or fat, whatever, you're taking energy off your plate. And if you take energy off your plate, you're consuming less energy. And as a sportsman, yes, we you obviously need. need that energy. So we have to be conscious of his energy intake. So we tracked his weight pretty, pretty intensely to make sure that there wasn't any changes in, in that protein is obviously, an important one um and so we you know we we're quite switched on with that i'm going to fill out diet diaries and we kind of went through that in, in detail to make sure we're still getting that uh but again you can still do it it's not mm. it's harder and it takes more planning so i work with mole a lot more than other athletes for a period of time but it's still very you know it's still because i sent a thing around the other day chris smalling from man united has just gone vegan a, a, a while ago yeah and he said he's performing better than everyone all their tests and stuff so yeah the pinch of salt with these things because it can be a bit of placebo yeah. and there's loads of other factors at play but it's it's nice to see people set, dispelling the myth that you can't be high performing with it mm, no, absolutely. especially if you do it right like you said you've got to work if I try and balance you can still be unhealthy as a vegan as well oh, you can still have a yeah. lot of very yeah. poor intake yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's get in there yeah yeah it's, um, I think that uh, that is important like in and earlier on Tom you said you don't want to be too far one way you don't want to be too far the other way, but you could be the most balanced nutritionist to do a, an interview. And that's yeah, what we're yeah. on. That's Which what good. we're like, yeah, I like the fact that you revert back to what the evidence says at the moment. Yeah. And like you yeah. have an open mind to things, but until it's backed up, it's, yeah. it's yeah. all it is. It's how I like to, it's how I try and professionally stay, but it's not potentially as, you don't get too excited about, yeah, it might not be the bro best science. podcast guest for this. No, it is. Episode. No, man. No, I think it's exactly good. Wanted. There's too many bro science podcasts where you listen to, like, mm. oh my God, I need to be doing this, or I need to just cut out all carbs. And mm. and then, it, yeah. And then you find out it doesn't really work for you. Like, <laughs> I listen to the carnivore diet one, is just, it just seems to be a bit crazy. Like, surely you're cutting out loads of John your, Peterson's doing that. Yeah, yeah. Just meat. Just meat. Like, meat. <laughs> that can't be that right like, in the long run and it's all very short term. it's only it's quite a new thing so there's no real long-term studies on it mm. um but i listened to a podcast with um i think her name is dr Rhonda patrick who's some phd in nutrition as well and she was basically saying there's no studies yet but she's very worried about 
what she thinks could be the long term of just having meat. But yeah, but yeah, but meat's full of loads of nutrients and stuff. So mm. she was saying you can get a lot. You can of, live on it, and also mm. people get loads of benefit because they've got a really poor diet or issues. Cutting out all that shit, you might see an upturn. Yeah. So she said there's probably that in the first six months yeah. or so. But what what um. Something to throw in there as well. Fasting. What What's your views oh, on we've fasting? We've got a few questions about yeah. that, didn't we, earlier? Yeah. yeah. All right, nice, yeah. Uh, fasting depends whether we're talking about it for an elite level athlete or whether we're talking about it for general population. Um, and my views vary and have changed actually on this recently because I did it for a bit. Um, mm. Where I have changed it, 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 I think it's very individualised. If you're doing fasting because you kind of want to, or you think it's fun or you quite like the challenge, whatever it might be. If you're an elite level athlete, there is a potential that you're not fueling up correctly or you're not recovering correctly. Mm. And the bottom line is you're paid to be an athlete. You're paid to be a rugby player yeah, or yeah. you're paid to be a footballer or hockey player. And if you're not doing that very well, or um, I've forgotten his name, but if he's running a 15 to 20K run, there might be metabolical, uh, metabolic, metabolic benefits from doing Andy that. Andy Mullins, yeah, yeah. But in truth, if you're looking to run a good time, then you why are you doing it? it? You know, yeah. if, you're, if performance is the focus, then potentially won't fit in with what you're looking to do unless if, they do it in sort of a window say like a rugby players off season or yeah. would you, you recommend recommend looking at it I don't or it's not something I wouldn't you'd... say I recommend it but I also wouldn't go against it I think there's yeah. some really emerging cool emerging research with it around cancer which I don't know anywhere near enough about to start mm. talking about but I know that's quite an interesting emerging area of research if people like doing it if people find it easy to do then I've got no real issue with it if yeah I mean I've 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 dabbled and never more than 40 hours is kind of like my sweet spot. I, I wouldn't go more than that, but yeah. every now and again, I will put a day or 40 hours. But okay, if we take over the more about, I reduce my eating window quite a lot. Mm. So I try and keep it within maybe ideally eight to 10 hours max. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that helps a bit for me. I feel, yeah. I think 16, eight's more the 16 hour intermittent fasting. I think that's yeah, yeah. slightly more realistic when you do it. And mm. that, and some people find they get really good weight loss on that because all you're doing is restricting your time you can eat. And as a result, you eat less, so you, you lose weight. Yeah. It's not yeah, magic yeah. that you've yeah, got yeah. this yeah, yeah. period of time when you're not eating, you're just reducing what you're eating. You could eat for one hour a day, you could eat for every hour of the day. As long as you're eating the same amount of calories, you, you will lose weight. Um, the reason why I don't do it and the reason why I didn't like it it's just because I really like food. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so I'm cutting out one yeah, of my favourite things yeah. to do, which is to eat, try new recipes, the social aspect of food, and it's just being removed. So like you'd have mates, I sort of fit and they're like, oh, we'll go out for breakfast. And I'm like, what are you going to no, Can't do that. Can't be good. Can't just... flat white really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I so, quite like the mental side of it. And I do find that yeah. after a day, you, you do feel really kind of focused. So mm. for me, I can actually work quite hard mm. when I'm fasting, but... Yeah, for socialising, forget about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no one wants to cook out with a diet fasting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Having you, a girlfriend's made it tougher as well. Actually, you do yeah. like. Are you fasting now? I just had a bowl of pasta. <laughs> do I look focused? And you look, clear? Yeah, that's what I mean. You look really In focused. I'm just professional, man. So. <laughs> well done. Into it. Yeah. 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 But no, I don't mind it. What I have, I've sometimes used it in the past. Got well with. Uh, actually with using it with athletes is when we spoke about when players get injured mm. sometimes when we need them to reduce their energy intake the typical advice would be eat less from what you're eating so they'll go from eating five six meals a day of, of big portion sizes because these lads especially when I worked in rugby union you might have props that are upwards of 120 kilograms like big boys wow. so they're eating a lot to maintain that weight and then suddenly they get injured they can't exercise and you get them to eat maybe smaller portions or little and often whatever it might be and they still just eat big and often and what you often see is a lot of increase in weight. So that's one thing where actually I've used it with 
mixed effects. Some's been positive, mm. some's not been so good where you think, right, well, let's try and, if it works for them, let's just try not having breakfast and let's not snack in the evening. And they just consciously think, right, especially when you give rugby players specific guidelines and set things right, you're only allowed to eat then. Quite like it. It's like a routine almost. It's yeah, like a challenge yeah. and that mental challenge comes into a bit. And that's where it's been quite good to do it with athletes and say, right, you can only eat for this time. And all that's doing, I know all that's doing is just reducing their calorie intake, which is what I need for that two or three weeks in which they're completely immobilized. So for, if we go to like, for the general public, right, say, I can't remember what the average is, 2,200 calories or something or... Depends on men and women. But yeah, around like a, a, it, up or down from that, not, not mm. far off. So I know the, I know in the kind of pure terms, a lot of people think, you know, if um, calories in is this, calories out is that, if there's a deficit or a surplus, you know, you're going to put on weight or lose mm-hmm. weight. Now, I've, I've heard a few things and obviously you'll know a lot more than me where it's not as simple as that because sometimes you could have, say, 2,000 calories of just plain white carbs or you could have 2,000 calories of protein or 2,000 calories of bread, a veg, each one of them is going to have a different response in your body. So one will have more insulin, which maybe you store more fat. One will have, you know, so it, they're all 2,000 calories, but they're not equal, if you know what I mean. Yes. And without trying to get too biochemical on this, um, if you take out what you're eating, if your sole goal is weight loss, yeah, yeah. so we're not too concerned about body composition. So for example, if you're very big or you just want to lose weight, yeah. if you're in a calorie deficit, you will lose weight. It's the first law of thermodynamics. Like you can't destroy energy. If you're not consuming enough calories, you will lose weight, irrespective of what type of what calorie, type it, of calorie is. it is. Now, how that weight is lost in your body and how it can interact with your body composition will start to depend on what that diet is made up of. But if you just ate rubbish, but you only ate 1,000 calories of rubbish a day, mm. um, and you need 2,500, say, for a typical male, you'll still lose weight. So, that, so that's, you, that's really, really simple. But could you lose weight quicker if you had the same amount of calories, but it was just like, say, fish and veg? You could potentially lose weight quicker. No, not necessarily. Because um, I, I, my understanding was that the, the former with the kind of, say, white carbs would mm. create more of an insulin spike. And that would yeah, it would more and, fat storage. or uh, It would do, and you probably wouldn't be very healthy. Yeah, yeah. But if your sole goal, and I mean this by sole goal because there's lots of multifaceted yeah, things yeah. that come into this, if you're just looking at body weight, if you eat a thousand calories, you will lose weight and you'll lose it quite quickly yeah. if mm. you eat that. But then actually how you feel, how you mentally feel, how you physically feel and you know how much lean mass do you retain? Are mm. you actually increasing your fat mass and dropping muscle mass but your weight's staying the same? Mm. Will be more interactive than that. And that's where it can get very uh, intricate and that's where nutrition can be really, really complicated mm. but if you scroll it back and make it very very simple and where people will always try and sell these things if you eat less than you need you lose weight it's that simple okay but it's more looking at the type of foods you eat to feel better to maybe put retain that mass mm. yes yeah, so if, you, if you want to still be quite high if you still want to feel good but lose weight then yeah. you want to look mm. at what stuff you're having in that calories you are having. yeah i'd keep things really really simple and i would say still eat a well-balanced diet yeah yeah and just eat slightly less of it so the first thing, if you're gonna if you're gonna aim to lose weight, which let's face it, when you when you're on a diet or anything like that, it tends to be a weight loss or trying to change your body comp, whatever it might be. Buy a set of scales, weigh yourself first thing in the morning, go for a pee, weigh yourself first thing in the morning, and then have either track or have a rough idea of what you're eating throughout the week. Mm. If your weight doesn't change, it means you're eating exactly the right amount for you to remain in that weight, whatever it might be. But this is assuming you've got you know a well balanced diet. If you're saying that, if you eat a tiny bit less than that, 
you'll lose weight. If you eat more than that, you'll start to slightly put on weight. Now, are you a fan of uh, suggesting diets for people who want to lose weight? Because there's a lot of research that says that diets are always kind of short term and then no one sticks to them. Or do you think there's maybe a better way of doing it or uh, obviously coupling it with exercise is quite... It's a, it's a good point. It's so individualized um, mm. and it's finding what's right for you. And there's no, and this is where I think a lot of people go wrong. And we spoke about this, where people will go, you have to be low carb to lose weight. Yeah, or you yeah. have to do this, or you have to fast or intermittent fast. And it's, it's not, have it's, to, is there? Yeah. it's finding the right thing for you. So if you don't eat a lot of breakfast, then you probably could do intermittent fasting and reduce that meal. Because just you start a lunch. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm. Exactly. Um, if you really, really like carbohydrates based meals, it probably doesn't make sense to cut them out. You yeah, just completely yeah. remove them. So I always use the uh, an acronym analogy, uh, an acronym I think, SMART, when it comes to your nutrition goals. So making sure they're specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, like, realistic uh, and then put a time span on it. Okay. Um, so firstly, when it comes to dieting, still enjoy your food. That's rule number one. Otherwise, mm. you're not going to stick to it. If I yeah. said, right, you're going to do something which you're not going to enjoy for the next month, you, you know, you're not going to stick to it, are you? Yeah, like, why would you? You're a human. Food should be enjoyed. You should have a good relationship with food and you should enjoy it. If you happen to have something which you think you shouldn't have. So what? Who cares? Mm. Like, you know, it's a, it's a part of your life. Yeah, yeah. Um, be realistic in when you're talking about nutrition. A lot of people think when, especially when it comes to weight loss, if you're 10 kilograms overweight, it, it that didn't happen overnight. And equally, you're not going to lose it overnight as well. So you've got to be realistic. And as a rough guide, anywhere between uh, half to one kilogram a week would be sort of like a, a safe, easy to stick to weight yeah. loss. So if you need to lose Manageable six kilograms... Right or five kilograms, whatever it would be, it's going to take you five to 10 weeks to do that. So not expecting by one weekend to the next weekend to suddenly be having like washboard abs and, yeah. you know, looking like that. So uh, in answer to your question, I think diets are managed poorly by the people making them too restrictive. I think they put too much pressure on them and they expect results mm. too quickly or people poorly advising them. And, you know, that can come through social media. We live in a social media world now yeah. where everyone is happy, amazing, tanned, edited, and everyone mm. thinks that that's sort of what it should be, and, it, and, it, and it's not. Uh -huh. um, so you will need to have some kind of change of nutritional intake if you want to achieve a certain goal, but it's making sure that that's sensible, it's, it's attainable, it's achievable, and it's not going to affect your life and affect your relationship with food. So, it's almost like, so instead of, like, prescribing a diet, you're probably prescribing a more... So altering your lifestyle and habits to something which suits your goals. If your yeah, goals absolutely. and that might be something you can then maintain rather than absolutely. thinking, right, I'm on this new diet, new year, new me. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, we all know, because we've all had those sort of resolutions mm. in our past. Mm. We think, right, this yeah. is the year, you know, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to go out and get this hammered anymore. Stick, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's so, a really nice way of putting it, actually. I've never thought about it like that, yeah. yeah. So it's sort of shifting things to suit you and what you want, which yeah. you're going to stick yeah. to. Because what you're doing is you're changing your... Um, I think the definition of diet is a pattern of eating. That's all it is. So technically yeah. everyone's on a diet. So you're shifting your pattern of eating to another pattern of eating and you want to make that behavioural change mm. as easy and as simple as possible. So then you continue to adhere to it. It's if quite a loaded word now, diet, isn't it? Like it's yeah. just, yeah. it's got so many negative connotations for people. Like yeah, people. absolutely. Like, mm, yeah. Mm, that's good. That's good. Are there any kind of general uh, myths that you think are out there quite a lot that you come up against and or you always see in the papers or people come at you? Like we, yeah. we touch on quite a few of them, but there's some that you think that people, you just, we need to dispel. Oh, like, so many. And you see them daily to the point where I've probably even started to blank them out. Um, what are good ones? No carbs after six. Like what happens at 6.01? <laughs> <laughs> like, does the body just go, no, yeah. not do this anymore. Yeah, yeah. Not having this. Uh, that's one. Um, 
what are other ones? Things like, uh, like coffee and animals and like, uh, Oh man. Yeah. There's some crazy oh, ones out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking about it even, um, alkaline water and, so is it celery juice or celery water now that's a new yeah, thing charcoal was big for a while apparently yeah. that was completely just debunked it's oh, like it doesn't it's just, reduce any toxins it's, unless it's you're like, poisoned yeah. it's like you just spin a wheel and you just find a random nutrient and go yeah. oh, this cures everything yeah yeah and you just it just drives you mad and you just sit there and it frustrates you and I've got certain people who I follow on social media who advocate that and I use it as almost like a because social media can become an echo chamber yeah, can't it? if yeah. only the people you agree with and what you're thinking I've got a few people oh, so you who, find the people who are like okay they're advocating bamboo water that's the next fad <laughs> I'm out yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but I'll, I'll sort of keep following them because I'm like right that is what I need to not be that's that's sort of like my inspiration of how not to do it mm. because it's oh they, yeah they drive me mad um, they're just almost daily aren't they yeah. so we've got the truth right here aren't we yeah where are you on the sugar thing? Because I know for for ages there was like, even the government NHS kind of the guidelines of what to eat 20, 30 years ago and now people are mm. saying was actually probably not as good. Like it was like orange juice and cornflakes in the morning when perhaps the mm. sugar content might be a bit too much and there seems to be sugar mm. type 2 diabetes links and, well, there are links obviously, but I mean. I, I still haven't seen anything and maybe I need to release a diet that's just called common sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like everything changes, but it always changes to extreme. So let's go, let's go high carb. And then it was like, well, maybe not, let's have low fat. Or then let's go really high fat and let's have low carb. But everything just seems to like, almost like a wave machine. It goes from side to side. Mm. And actually in the middle, you've got people going, well, why don't we have some carbs and some sugar mm. and some fat and some protein? And it's actually not an issue. Like, I, I don't have any particularly strong stance on it uh, in the sense that uh, beyond what I would imagine most people to see as, as common sense. Okay, because mm. there certainly is, I've, I think a lot of people and people I know perhaps have a lot of stuff which has loads of sugar in it they don't really realise. Ah, like, so, yeah, so that's a little bit different. So if people aren't reading food labels, that's, yeah, when, yeah. that's when things can have issues. And I would always encourage people, if you don't do it, always have a look at your food label. Because even things when you pick up flavoured waters, they can have 15 to oh, 20 grams of sugar yeah, in without and, even realising Yeah, it. yeah. And you so, might not think you've had, like, how come I can't, you know, I haven't yeah. had any calories. Yeah, like, well, yeah. look at that. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah 100%. Mm. Um, so yeah, always check for things like that, definitely. We need to get that on the common sense diet. I can't yeah, believe that's, yeah, not, yeah. that's not already a one. It doesn't yeah. really sell, unfortunately. Still yeah. though, aren't it? Yeah. We might have to subscribe here for the yeah, common sense diet. It doesn't yeah, sell, yeah. trust me. I need to come up with some random yeah. shots or People just like want that. the quick fix, still, and the quick answer. That's, that's the thing. I saw a brilliant thing on Twitter, actually, the other day, and it was talking about how, how much would you pay for this? And it was talking about better, um, better uh, anxiety, self-confidence, self-image, blood sugar, uh, control muscle mass, all this sort of thing. It's like, how much would you pay for this amazing thing? And mm. it was like, well, it's free. It's called exercise. And yeah. Like nutrition. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. Like it's a constant thing that you just, yeah. you work with. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, we don't have that one magic pill, which you take and it's like, oh, perfect. Delayed gratification. The only other one I'd add is uh, for me as well. I noticed is one, I had a tough time and sleep when that, everything else went out the window a bit as well. Mm. So yeah. sleep as well for me is massive. Like, yeah. Well, Cherry yeah. Active helps with sleep, doesn't it? Yeah. Cherries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cherry active is good. Um, yeah. I like to have cherry active before bed. Have you have you tried it yet? I don't know. No, I haven't. I saw yeah. you having it the other day. Yeah, yeah. Before bed, yeah. I bring before bed. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's good fun. So that's a good shout for anyone who's, who wants to try that before. CBD is meant to help with sleep. Um, CBD oil. So I'm going to trial that for a month while I'm out injured. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else? Anything else you can think sleep wise? Uh, sleep's normally a bit easier to talk about what to avoid. So we spoke about having right. being conscious of primer. Being conscious of your caffeine, yeah, yeah, yeah. caffeine must have anyway. in your, your body for a no while. Prime before bed. Even though you might not feel the effects you had before, you're probably still feeling a little bit restless and it'll, it'll stop you getting into that 
deep sleep. Uh, be conscious of anything like high, particularly high sugar pre-birth mm. because again, that's a thing that will pick you up. Berry smoothies. I always steer away from a berry smoothie before bed because I think there's a lot of sugar in that. I try to go for a peanut butter slash chocolate milk. Yeah. There's no sugar in chocolate, is there? <laughs> well, I know chocolate. Oh, it's like the cacao. There's no sugar in MSC one, is there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The cacao, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I can feel. I feel like having loads of berries, loads of fruit mm. is better in, during the day for me. I don't uh, know. If no, you, you should be fine having that before you go to bed. Right. There's nothing wrong with having that at all. Well, you should certainly shouldn't be either. Um, some people will have their own routine some people can't eat within an hour before they go to bed and the simplest thing when it comes to to sleep is making sure you've got that really good pre-sleep routine so yeah. avoiding high intense exercises before you go to bed for obvious reasons wakes you up caffeine uh, really high sugar drinks anything like that uh, and then having a nice clear nutrition schedule ben harper was big on that wasn't he yeah. when he said about um he was his big thing was light he said used to keep him up quite a lot and as he can do mm. he said mm. what's the room you go to before you go to bed it's like your bathroom with big yeah. bright lights and yeah. now he, yeah. he yeah. brushes his teeth after dinner at six mm. so he doesn't go into the yeah. bathroom but <laughs> well that's what I started doing I started listening funnily enough and this is where this all came about I started listening to podcasts because I was struggling to sleep and I would always be on my phone and that's not a good thing to do when you're trying to go to sleep yeah. but I'd have the room completely dark nice yeah. and cool I'd probably I'd always have a shower before I go to bed now and I'll just put a podcast on, put the timer on for five, ten minutes, depending on how tired I'm, and just usually put a mentality one on to go to sleep. Absolutely, yeah. 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 So, so well, that keeps you awake. It's so like <laughs> so that's where I started listening to mentality. That's yeah. where it sort of came about, and that's where we yeah. started having conversations, which is which is brilliant. And then mm. within five, ten minutes in a dark room where you can just kind of switch your mind off, you're relaxed. Yeah, you're yeah. Like, I used yeah. to just sound asleep. I think that's the one thing. The Brian Wood one. Brian Wood <laughs> kept him up all night. I think that Brian that Wood was gripping that one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's phenomenal. But yeah, that's 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 a really great call. That. And I think there is little little quick fixes for sleep. There's little little things to to kind of think about. Hot, having it really hot in the room is one for me. Crack a window up. But I have a window mm. open all the time. Five. Right? It's too hot for getting. Yeah. Out, yeah. Um, and the Matthew just just on that the Matthew Walker Joe Rogan podcast it's is amazing good for, podcast for yeah. sleep. If you if you've oh, not heard that, it's brilliant. Mm. Um, he's he's clued up. He's the fella. But I think it's time for a workout, isn't it? Yeah, I think Do we go it's to it. the gym. Let's do it. Fancy it? Yeah. Dom for his paces. Get a Dom training. Yeah. <laughs> Dom <Dummy> ball. <laughs> no, but thanks, yeah, mate. mate. That's been brilliant, brilliant that, really Tom. Good. Um, kind of pulled you in in our last minute and just thought, you're going to be brilliant on this podcast, Tom. Come and, and share the knowledge. And I want to see if there's any last to... minute questions from the club because I asked them earlier. Yeah. It's been good to have you on, there's mate. Not. And um, I think you've you've really kind of, you've kind of, you've kind of, you've helped me actually in a way helped me a lot over, over this this last year and pre-season so much appreciated and um, yeah thank you very man. much very cool. kind of you to invite me along in keep yeah. it up it's a pleasure we'll have to have you on again when the yeah. next fad comes out we'll just do a viral video for him yeah yeah and make it. we are in fact just before we go shall we talk about that viral video that you did on Instagram <laughs> This, oh, this this links into where, where people can find you. Do you want people to find your Instagram? <laughs> yeah, if they want. There will be many nutritional nuggets no, of information on there. But there's yeah. some good biking, more biking videos in mm-hmm. Vietnam where... Well, you lads have been to Vietnam, haven't you? Yeah, we've been to Vietnam. Place yeah. where you lose your head a bit. Yeah, and he's, I think you're naked on the, the bike. I'm not wearing any clothes, no. And I think that's, that's midday, broad daylight. Okay. So yeah, have but, a look on that. That's at yeah. Tom Geeson Brown... Nutrition and Brown, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At T Geese and Brown, have a yeah. look. Um, is that on Twitter as well? Uh, T Geese and Brown on Twitter as well, yeah. Cool. That'll be more for if you want some nutritional information and things like that and <laughs> rhinos related things. 
Instagram's yeah. a bit more mean. Instagram's is, yeah. it pri- yeah. is, it pri- <laughs> is it private? Uh, I don't think so. No. Might be now. But yeah, um, getting following top lad and um, awesome podcast. Cheers, fella. Thanks, guys. Thank you, sir. <laughs>